No new taxes. The governor's approval rating, amid speculation he's running for president, is at an all-time high. But yet, school districts are pushing back against what they call discriminatory policies. And is Virginia the best place to have a professional football team? It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Stay tuned as we discover what's happening in the Commonwealth this week. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Lavelle. We want to thank you again for joining us, as you always do, on this phenomenal Sunday that we have here in the Commonwealth of Virginia and also across the country and the world as we broadcast live from the campus of the Norfolk State University from WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. As always, we want to thank our producer, Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, which you can hear every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. on Saturday. And yes, Sunday, he's the hardest working man in radio. And listen, we can't do what we do without you. The hardest working staff, faculty, alumni, student body, and everyone here at Norfolk State University. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for what you do. And also, thank you for being who you are. You know, there's a lot that goes on here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. You know, I talk about it all the time. The Commonwealth is a wealth of great things that are happening. Not just here, but also it it impacts, you know, us all across the country. You know, one thing about the Commonwealth is that it's never boring. So in this series, I like to cover what's happening in the Commonwealth this week. You know, this is part two and, and every just about every month we'll be talking about what's happening in the Commonwealth the, this particular week, this past week, rather. And, you know, this is a mixed bag right now because the political primaries are over. Everybody's kind of gearing up for the general election and people are getting their summers, you know, ready. You know, and Labor Day, the last day of freedom for the summer. So everyone's trying to get their last vacations in. So I'm really excited to cover, you know, this mixed bag of things that are happening in the Commonwealth. So let's start with something fun. The Commander football, professional football team. As we know, the Washington Commanders uh, was sold for $6.05 billion um, from uh, the last owner to the new owner. And uh, there's speculation as, hey, we want to build a new stadium. So with the building of a new stadium, of course, Virginia is in the mix. With the Washington Commanders football practice uh, facility being in Ashburn, Virginia, you know, we believe that a lot of people believe it's the perfect place to have a stadium for the Washington Commanders. Currently, we know that it's located in Maryland. So Governor Glenn Youngkin was asked about the possibility of an NFL stadium uh, recently in his visit there. And he mentioned, he said, you know, when they opened the door to training camp, owner Josh Harris, and this is according to the Commander's Wire, Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails uh, were present. The pair spotted talking to legendary uh, Washington quarterback Joe Theismann. Uh, Not only that, but also in attendance was Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. And uh, as he was in town enjoying some football, greeting new owners or talk business, that, that was the question. 
But they said perhaps all three. As a matter of fact, Virginia, according to the Commander's Wire, is one of the three localities hoping to build a new football stadium for the Commanders. Washington, D.C., and also Maryland, they've let it be known that they want the NFL franchise in their jurisdiction. But at one point, according to the Commander's Wire, Virginia looked like the most likely outcome for a new stadium until everything fell apart, you know, with the former owner, Daniel Snyder. But Governor Yonkin spoke with Washington, took pictures, signed autographs. He was also asked about the possibility of a new state in Virginia, and he was clear. He believes that Virginia is the best place for a new commander stadium. Quote, I believe Virginia is the best place to live, to work, raise a family, and it should be the best place to have a professional football team. So do you believe that this is the best place for it? Do you want? the the Washington Commanders here in Virginia. Well, you know, that's not just what the governor is saying, but there's a lot of people I know who are, at, who are saying we should have the Commanders uh, located here in the Commonwealth. Of course, it's the default uh, home team for the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, with the proximity being, of course, close to the tri-state area, the, the, of course, the DMV, uh, as we call it. So could it be pretty cool, you know, have our professional, a professional football team or the professional football team located here. And then once we do that, we know we have to go for our professional basketball team. Of course, some of you remember the old ABA team, uh, the Virginia Squires uh, that that played here. And uh, many are looking to resurrect that and bring it back. So there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity here in the Commonwealth. And this is just one of them. So what do you think? Do you want the Washington Commanders Stadium to be located here? If so, let us know what you think. Go to wnsbonline.org. That's at wnsbonline.org. And let us know through our social media. So not only is the governor touting uh, the good things about Virginia, uh, he's touting great place to live, great place to work, great place to do business, uh, and touting the new owner, Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails, to bring the Washington Commanders here. But with that, according to uh, The Hill, on last week, they noted that Yunkin approval rating was at a record high. And this is amid 2024 speculation. Now, what's happening in 2024? We all know that that is the year that we elect the next president of the United States of America. Uh, You know, so there's a little early campaigning. Usually it started 18 months before. But in this new uh, era, people are starting to campaign two years before and even earlier with, uh, you know, pre-campaigns and so forth. But a lot of people are asking now with the Republican uh, the party, the Republican Party itself, really searching for their identity, searching for their next leader, uh, actively looking for their voice uh, in the midst of the overarching voice of former President Donald Trump, uh, and who is still the stand-up bearer for the party, the GOP, still uh, has a majority of support and votes from the uh, those that would vote for a Republican candidate for, for president. Uh, many are saying that our governor, Glenn Yonkin, could be that new voice. As a matter of fact, according to The Hill, 
Virginia Governor Yunkin's approval rating reached a record high amid speculation about his political ambitions, according to a poll that was released last Monday. Now, it stated that 57% of Virginia voters said they approved of Yunkin's job performance. Now, this is according to a morning consult survey. The poll also showed Yunkin's disapproval rating at 32%. Now, according to The Hill, the latest polling shows a steady improvement for the Virginia governor, who had a 56% approval rating and a 32% disapproval rating in April. Now, according to The Hill in December, uh, he held 55% approval rating and a 32% disapproval rating. Uh, last April, in 53 approval rating and 35% disapproval. Um, in January 2022, that was down, of course, course uh, 51%. Of course, it kind of dips around the legislative uh, time uh, that we have here in the Commonwealth, January and February, and also March because you're fresh off of debates and arguments that are taking place regarding you know, where we should go uh, with our, our, our Commonwealth, the policies that we uh, champion, both on, on each side, you know, the, the liberal and also the conservative side of the aisles. But with this, Governor Yonkin, according to The Hill, is float, has been floated as a potential 2024 Republican presidential contender as candidates like Governor Ron DeSantis, struggles to gain traction against former President Trump. You know, I mentioned earlier that the time period to start running for governor, I mean, running for president, is usually it was like 15, 18 months back in the day. But now, two years, and even earlier than that, Governor Ron DeSantis is actually one of those that kind of started earlier than two years. But his campaign is floundering. I mean, it is... It is falling like a rock. And this is from many uh, uh, individuals, the pundits and, and any individuals that keep up with politics like myself. We know they're just we're just shaking our head and scratching our head to find out, you know, what is really happening for many GOP strategists. Uh, they are also uh, baffled at how the campaign started out so terribly and is continuing. But the Ron DeSantis camp is starting to uh, regroup and find out how they can relaunch and gain more traction. But, however, according to The Hill, uh, Governor Yonkin said earlier this month that he would focus on Virginia's legislature elections in November, but has not directly ruled out a presidential campaign. Now, of course, we know uh, we've covered it the last uh, two months, month and a half, where we've talked about the upcoming November election through the primaries that we had here in June. Now, we know that the governor, I've covered this the, two weeks ago here on Stay of the Water, the governor is endorsing and also the, the GOP plan for early voting. And early voting and pushing out, uh, capitalizing on individuals in order to get the vote out. Now, of course, I find this very uh, interesting, and I've said this on the show because the GOP actually fought against early voting. They fought against access to the ballot box. They fought against all these things that took place under Governor uh, Northam's administration and the legislature uh, during that time period, the Democratic legislature. So, you know, if it's here, they're using it, but they're, they're using it to their advantage as well. So with that, um, you know, of course, he's focusing on November. 
however, hasn't ruled out. So, according to the Hill, Youngkin would likely face logistical challenges if he jumped into, into the Republican presidential primary in November, given that the Iowa primary caucuses are in January. But still, the governor's strong polling and national presence signal what could stand to be a bright political future in the GOP. Now, of course, that poll that I mentioned, according to the Hill, has a uh, uh, 1% plus a minus margin of error. So what do you think? You know, is our governor, do you believe he is one that is ideal uh, candidate for the Republican Party? Do you think he's one that can resurrect the party? Do you think he's one that can really speak to, you know, what the party is doing and um, how the Republicans themselves should view themselves now and in the future? Well, according to Fox News, uh, Thomas uh, Peterfee uh, stated that Governor Glenn Youngkin is an ideal candidate for the Republican Party. As a matter of fact, an interactive broker chairman and founder, Thomas uh, Peter Free discusses how markets will respond to another Fred Ray hike and also analyzes GOP primary field uh, on, on the show, on Fox show. And he noted that Governor Glenn Youngkin could be an ideal candidate for the future of the Republican Party. You know, but just like any candidate, just like anyone that takes a look at uh a certain individual say you're the future or you can be a spokesperson for us. You're, you're also going to have your detractors. You're also going to have your pros and cons. And one of the detractors here, one of the uh, backlashes that we're seeing with some of the governor's policies is from the Arlington School District here. So the superintendent from Arlington Public Schools, according to The Advocate, which is a publication, uh, they stated that. Northern Virginia is refusing to follow updated model policies from Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's Education Department on how to treat transgender students. So they're calling these, the Arlington School's chief, according to the advocate, it rejects Youngkin's discriminatory trans policies. Now, of course, uh, they've rejected these, according to the advocate, revised guidance and a statement uh, to the community families on Thursday of this la- last week. And he recently received, uh, this particular superintendent received a multi-year uh, uh, contract extension. Now, of course, Arlington is noted as a suburb of Washington, D.C. And the school system serves roughly about 30,000 students. Um, so with that, again, he said that families considering Arlington for their children's education and those already living there he said, I can rest assured the school system is committed to non-discriminatory and inclusivity. So again, just as you have individuals that believe that they are the future, you also believe you have individuals that believe that, no, this is not uh, the way of our commonwealth. This is not the way that we should uh, carry ourselves. This is not the way that we should uh, be as a state. So you're going to see Again, your detractors, you're going to see individuals who are for you, but that's part of politics. That's part of what makes us good. And that's also part of what makes us the greatest state in the country. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville, and you're joining us again for 
what's happening in the Commonwealth. This week, we take a look at a lot of great things that are happening here in the Commonwealth from football. You know, the new commander's uh, owner is looking for a new stadium and where to build it. Is it the Commonwealth of Virginia? We're also looking at the governor and his touting of a great place to live here in the Commonwealth. And not only that, but also his approval ratings as their speculation amid his run, possible run, for president. And we're looking at individuals that are pushing back against the policies, such as the school board in Arlington. But not just that, but we have a lot of things that are going on in the Commonwealth. But not just the football, not just the governor running, but on the legislative side, there's also a push for no new taxes, or actually tax cuts. Now, of course, our tax cuts here in the Commonwealth, uh, we've had them before. Uh, We've had a surplus. And with the surplus, individuals wanted to cut back taxes and say that, you know, we don't want any new taxes uh, for what's happening. However, there are some that are saying, instead of cutting taxes, we have a surplus that we should keep. Not just to keep uh, things here in the Commonwealth going, but also to ensure that our state is buffeted against things that are happening that may happen in the future. What are your thoughts? Do you think that we should have tax cuts? Do you think that we should keep things as they are? Or do you think that we should move forward and give the people back some of their hard-earned money? Well, I can tell you this, is that We never know what's going to happen. You never know what the future actually holds. And with that, it's always good to keep a little bit in the coffers. But if you can't keep a little bit in the coffers, you definitely want to make sure that you're investing properly. So there are others that are saying, instead of giving these one-time tax cuts uh, to people who, of course, all our citizens here in the Commonwealth deserve tax cuts, But instead of doing that, you know, what we would like to do is just say, hey, let's invest in other things that will give a return, a multiple return on taxes, tax dollars. And what are those some of those things? Some are touting investment in education. Some are touting investment in jobs. Some are touting investment in our retirement system. Some are asking for investment in other places. But ultimately, investment in the Commonwealth is a good thing. So with it being a good thing, let's take a look at these areas where investment could play a major part. So when we say investment in education, what do we mean? I talked earlier this week about how the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, JLARC, which is, of course, the joint uh, legislative uh, group that looks at audit, that looks at all of our uh, policies and uh, from a bipartisan standpoint, and they make a determination of whether the policies are good or not. You know, they look look at the numbers and they don't, again, they don't say that are good or not, but they look at the numbers and give an assessment from that. And they analyze where we as a Commonwealth are not spending properly or funding our K-12 through education Uh, as we should. As a matter of fact, there there are many other states 
uh, such as North Carolina, and that are funding their education better than we are. So if we give our tax dollars and invest in K through 12 properly, you know, over a billion dollars up front, what will be the return on that? The return on that is that you have a better educated populace. You have a populace that will give back into the community, that will get jobs, uh, that will build houses, that will buy houses, that will spend money in grocery stores, entertainment, uh, that will contribute to property tax base, that will do all these things. If we educate our populace better with the foundation. But some are saying no. Let's not invest in like we like we should in K through twelve. But instead, let's give tax cuts. According to Bluefield Daily, uh, the governor it, they stated the governor uh, is calling for additional tax relief for citizens of the Commonwealth. Now it's reporting that the governor is asking the Virginia General Assembly to return more tax dollars to citizens, particularly after the state ended fiscal year 2023 with 5.1 billion in excess resources, 5.1 billion. Now let's take a look at that number and take a look at what we need for education. You know, Jay Lark was looking, asking for, I believe 1.2 billion up front, 3.5 billion over uh, to properly fund K through 12. That is 1 billion, 1.2 out of 5.1, absolutely doable and can have make an indelible impact, you know, for our, our, our children, for our commonwealth. But why would anyone fight against that? Well, according to Bluefield Daily, they say that lawmakers approved tax rebates for state residents in 2022, despite a divided General Assembly, but Republican, Republicans control the House, and Democrats currently re- control the Senate. Now, of course, we know that every seat is up for re-election. But the governor issued a statement last week uh, calling for additional tax relief for citizens of the state. He said, quote, there is plenty of money in the system to fund our shared priorities on education, behavioral health, and law enforcement, while returning more of Virginia's hard-earned dollars back to their wallets. He also stated that just as last year, He's calling on the General Assembly to reject the partisan business-as-usual approach in Richmond and agree on a deal that lowers the cost of living and the cost of doing business in Virginia while investing in our shared priorities. But, and he also noted that this is not about Republicans or Democrats. It's about the Senate. It's not about the Senate or the House, but about delivering for Virginians. And according to Bluefield Telegraph, Delegate James Will Morfield, Republican out of Taz Taswell, he is also among local lawmakers hoping to see additional tax relief. Now, keep in mind that Virginia's general fund revenues, according to uh, Bluefield Telegraph, ended fiscal year uh, 2023 with three billion over the official revenue forecast. So that gave us the generating of 5.1 billion in excess resources. And this is according to the governor's office. So overall, general fund revenues were far better than the 14% decline that was assumed in the official forecast, declining by just 3.5%.
Now, I want us to sit back and just think about that just for a second. We were going to look into decline at 14%, but we end up declining at 3.5. And by doing so, we had a surplus of $3 billion. So I just want to say hats off to all of our civil service workers for the Commonwealth of Virginia who are managing, managing uh, our finances here in the Commonwealth. Hats off to you for the job that you're doing. Because, again, I believe that a lot of our hard workers don't get the um, – praise that they should, just like our teachers. And they don't get the pay that they should as well. But thank God for, you know, the smart people uh, that we've hired through the Commonwealth to do the job that they were hired to do and do it with excellence. So we thank you. But with that, let's take a look at some of the uh, fiscal year ending statistics. Now, this is about the governor's office. Sales tax collections increased by 3.9% compared to an annual forecast of 1.3% decline. Payroll withholding grew 4%, exceeding the forecast of 0.1% decline. And corporate income tax collections grew 2.6%, compared to the official estimate of 12.2% decline. This is absolutely outstanding. You know, we've got, we've got money. We've got an opportunity to really make a major impact here in the Commonwealth. You know, and not just that, but people are wanting to move here and do business here. You know, of course, I, there's one company, uh, ESG Principles Drive Lego's Choice, uh, for Virginia $1 billion plant, a factory here at uh, in Chesterfield County, near the state capital of, of, of Richmond. So Lego, you know, they've broken ground here, you know, to build that uh, factory. That factory is going to create about seven, a little bit over 1,760 jobs. Now, the decision to build here in Richmond, it sends a message, you know, and this is according to a report by Worth. But again, this just shows the innovation this shows the ability for us to bring business here, for people wanting to come here to be educated at our great institutions, people coming through the military. This is a great military state. Uh, of course, Hampton Roads, the largest area uh, for military installation and retirees in the military that leave the military. I mean, it, it is a wealth of opportunity a wealth of, of jewels that we have here in the Commonwealth. A great place to work, as the governor said, great place to live and great place to do business. But it will only continue to be great if we invest our dollars wisely, if we invest our dollars in the things that really count. The tax cuts are good, but if we're finding that the revenue that we have is collecting at an appropriate rate or even outdoing, the actual forecast that we have, then why give one-time tax cuts as opposed to reinvesting those funds so we can grow? And the greatest investment, according to my father, my father stated, he said, son, the greatest investment that you can make is in people. And I surmise over time that that is true because investing in people, that's the only investment that knows no limit of return.
You can invest in, in the stocks. You can invest in other forms of investment out there, financial instruments and the like. But there is a limit to how far they will go. But the investment in people, there is no limit. There's no limit to what we can do if we have the right system, the right support, and yes, the right funding behind us. <laughs> so as always, I'm optimistic about the Commonwealth. I'm optimistic about the things that we do here because we do it well. <laughs> but once again, we want to thank you for joining us for this segment of Stay in the Water as we delve into and uncover what's happening here in the Commonwealth. Join us next week as we continue this discussion and many other important topics as we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. Be blessed, be good, and we'll see you next week.